I've heard it said you steer where you stare. We are bombarded daily with voices vying for our attention. And if we fill our days and minds with Netflix and social media feeds, we can get off track pretty quick. That's why I developed a 30-day music challenge. Listen to Christian music exclusively for 30 days. The challenge is free, and I'll be right there with you every step of the way. Head over to michellenizette.com forward slash 30-day challenge to sign up. Change your music, change your life. You're listening to More Than a Song, episode 314. Welcome to this episode of More Than a Song. My name is Michelle Nizat, and this is the podcast dedicated to helping you discover the truth of Scripture, hidden in today's popular Christian music. My goal is to teach you to connect portions of God's Word with the songs you're singing along with on the radio, to help you meditate on truths that will transform your way of thinking and ultimately your life. Before we get started today, if you are listening to this episode before April 24th, 2020, then I want to invite my female listeners and ask my male listeners to invite their favorite ladies to attend the Women's Conference at Maple Springs Baptist Church in Logansport, Louisiana. I will be the keynote speaker in two sessions on a Friday evening and a Saturday morning, and you can find the link to the conference at my website at michellekneesat.com. But the conference theme is The Lord is My Strength and Song, and I can't wait to dive in with everyone. The conference begins the evening of Friday, April 24th, and ends a little bit afternoon on Saturday, April 25th. Even more exciting, the cost of the conference is covered by the lovely ladies at Maple Springs, so all you'll have is travel and lodging expenses. I hope to see you there. Now, I've been reading a book about awe, preparing for another future women's conference with wonder and awe as the theme. And when I really dug into the lyrics of Toby Mac's song, Edge of My Seat, I realized it reflected this idea of awe and wonder that I had already been exploring. So I can't wait to dive into scripture inspired by this song. But before we do that, let's listen. is my habit when preparing for a podcast episode. I'll often do a quick web search to see if the artist has posted a devotion or a story behind the song. Sometimes they give interviews to or or to chat about the song as well. It's always good to check out the show notes of every episode, by the way, because I list links to these resources in the additional resources area, even if I don't mention them in the episode. So you can always find the show notes at michellekneesat.com. But if you subscribe to my website, I will send a reminder email every Monday, and the link to the show notes is in that email as well. Just a real quick click. So this week, when I discovered Toby Mac's story behind the song, it really got me excited because I love his perspective. It it's funny because in my own study, I went com- a completely different way than the what, what he described. But isn't that the beauty of music as art? And to be honest, my goal is to use the music to inspire us to dig into God's word and then be an amazing tool that will trigger memories of what we've studied. Win-win, right? And so enjoy music and the art of music and harness its power to hide God's word in our heart and then bring it back to mind. And that is my goal. So in Toby Mac's story behind the song, Edge of My Seat, again, which I will link to in the show notes, He highlights our posture. Now, I'm not talking about shoulders back, sit up straight kind of posture, but our physical posture noun and our posture as a verb, our our attitude. So picture describing whatever your calendar holds tomorrow to a friend. 
And the first time you describe what is coming up, you are laid back in a chair with your arms folded and you have a I have to do this sort of attitude. One of almost borderline complaining, all right? And then repeat this scene again, but this time brighten your eyes and sit on the edge of your seat and describe your upcoming day with an I get to do this sort of attitude. Now, how does this scene change? It's the same day, or is it? And that's what he says is an edge of my seat sort of posture toward life, and it can change everything. I love that. I was describing this to a friend over dinner the other day, and I immediately thought of a lesson that God taught me in high school. And um, growing up, we were we weren't destitute or anything, but we didn't have a lot of extra disposable income. So going to summer camp was not on the agenda until I was in high school and I had a job of my own that provided a little extra for excursions like that. I was so excited. I could not wait to experience church camp like my friends had growing up, and I expected great things, and the experience did not disappoint. God showed up in miraculous ways. It was everything I had hoped for, and in reflecting on it after the event, however, I asked the Lord, why was this so amazing? You see, at this particular camp that year, it was my youth pastor that was the special speaker. And it was our own youth band that plays played the music. I mean, they were amazing, but it was our band. And sure, we were in a different place. We were in the mountains, one of my favorite places, instead of at our sanctuary at home. But the result was so different. In fact, I asked the Lord, why can't it be like this all the time? We have all the elements. You know, we got the guy, we got the band. And what what was different? And I clearly heard him respond that what was different was that we all came expecting. We were on the edge of our seats looking for God to show up. And so we saw him when he did. Jeremiah 29, 13 says, you you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Am I on the edge of my seat? Am I seeking him with all my heart? Is my radar up to see how he's already working around me to to be able to identify that? You see, God didn't show up because I was expecting him to. He was already there. He was always there in the mountains, at camp, and in the sanctuary at my home church. But sometimes I missed it because I wasn't on the edge of my seat. You know, not too long ago in episode 303, we studied Simeon, who was at the temple when Mary and Joseph brought Jesus as a baby to be dedicated. Now that was a guy at the edge of his seat, always seeking, always looking for the coming Messiah. And, and I want to be on the edge of my seat. I want to be on the edge of my seat waiting for Christ's return. But I also want to be on the edge of my seat in awe and wonder at the world around me, at what God is actively doing in our midst. And so I head over to Psalm 40 this week. And in verse 5, it says this, Many, Lord my God, are the wonders you have done, the things you planned for us. None can compare with you. Were I to speak and tell of your deeds, they would be too many to declare. So I'm going to use a couple of bites right now. And I am, bites are Bible interaction tool exercises. I call these exercises bites for short. And I want to restate that scripture in my own words. And then I want to add some prayers around it. Okay, so let's go. Uh, Many are the wonders God has done. May I see them and acknowledge them and be grateful for them. God has planned so many things for me. 
May I rest in God's faithfulness and assurance that his plans and timing are best. None can compare with my God. Nothing that may capture my attention can compare with God. Why do I spend so much time and effort in other ways, on other people, on other tasks, on other thoughts? Now, I could start this moment and declare his goodness and his good deeds and never come to the end of my declaration because they are infinite. Many are the wonders God has done. All right, so using bites that I just used real quick, restating the scripture in my own words, and then adding a prayer around it, it takes more time. It takes more time to interact with God's word than it does just to read it. I get that, but the results are so much better. That's what my bites will help you do. Now, there's a process to approaching God's word, and it's best if you discover what it says and then move to how it connects to the grand story of scripture, which will naturally lead to better results when determining what it means and all of that before you worry about what it means to you or sometimes called life application of the scripture. Now, most devotional books, many, many Christian, good Christian books, um, and even some study Bibles focus on life application, which has led us to believe that applying scripture to my own life is what is most important as I study God's word. However, I think it often leads to error unless you systematically see what the Bible says, how it connects and what it means first, you will misapply scripture to how it how it should apply to your life at, at step four. Okay, that's why the majority of my bites really help you with that first step. Some of you may be like, okay, Michelle, but let's talk about what it means or let's talk about how to apply it to my life. You keep talking about how to read it better because I want you to know what God's word says, you know, diving into what God's word says and interacting with scripture. The more you work with it, the deeper your understanding of, of what it is actually saying will be so that then you can take those next few steps. And if you've been a listener the past couple of years, you can pinpoint my love, my new love of helping you connect the text to the grand uh, story of scripture as well. And so again, step one, step two, step three, what does it actually mean? And then, and then step three, applying it to our lives. And I think a lot of your pastors are explaining what it means and helping you apply it to your life. And so I just want to make sure that you have a grasp of what it actually says. And every once in a while, again, we'll peek into what it means and what it means to us. I mean, it is a natural progression, but it's not where we start. Okay, we start with God and his words and then let them lead us from there. So let's head back to Psalm 40 for a bit just to finish out the podcast and make some connections to the grand story that you may not naturally make without some tools that are at your fingertips. Uh, Your Bible will probably tell you that this is a Psalm of David. And so as you study the life of David and other areas of scripture, you can really see him writing something like this. And then as you study Psalms, it really, the Psalms that he's written, it really helps you understand who he is as a person when you're studying kind of like the events in his life in other areas of scripture. But what I love about David is he is not afraid to lay his feelings out there. And in so doing, he has given us a litany of Psalms to guide us as we process ourselves, as we process um, struggle, and as we process praise. So Psalm 40 starts like this. It says, I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and mire. He set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise, 
praise to our God. Many will see and fear the Lord and put their trust in him. I love this. Uh, There is so much there that we could ponder this week. I'm headed in a specific direction. And so I'm not going to stop here long, but you could stop and use the bite of making a list of what God does in just these three verses. You could list those things out. Or if you like to um, use colored pencils or whatever, you could highlight those things in your Bible. I especially like verse three, where it says he put a new song in my mouth. It reminds me of our song that we talked about last week. One more song for you. Not only is God worthy of one more song, he's the one that puts it in our mouths. And isn't that just like him? And the next few verses include our focus verse that I've already gone over. So let's start in verse four. Blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, who does not look to the proud, to those who turn aside to false gods. Many, Lord, my God, are the wonders you have done, the things you planned for us. None can compare with you. Were I to speak and tell of your deeds, they would be too many to declare. And then we come upon this section in verse six. Sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but my ears you have opened. Burnt offerings and sin offerings you did not require. Then I said, here I am. I have come. It is written about me in the scroll. I desire to do your will, my God. Your law is within my heart. Now, it may be at this point that you say to yourself, what do you mean sacrifice and offering you did not desire? Burnt offerings and sin offerings you did not require. I've read the first five books of the Bible, and you most certainly did desire and require them. But if you have a study Bible or are reading and studying um, on using an online resource, I like BibleHub.com, you see that there are cross-references to the New Testament that you could track down. So if you have a study Bible or a Bible that has cross-references, follow that little lead and head on over to the New Testament and see what it says. That's another bite, by the way, following the cross-references. Now, these lead us to Hebrews chapter 10, and not only do they help us connect this psalm with the grand story of Scripture, but they lead us to a greater understanding of something that might be confusing otherwise, because it just seems like that statement is wrong. Like, David, I just, you know, I don't think you're right here as you're, as you're writing your psalm of praise. So Hebrews chapter 10 says, number uh, verse 1, The law is only a shadow of the good things that are coming, not the realities themselves. For this reason, it can never, by the same sacrifices repeated endlessly year after year, make perfect those who draw near to worship. Otherwise, would they not have stopped being offered? For the worshipers would have been cleansed once for all and would no longer have felt guilty for their sins. But those sacrifices are an annual reminder of sins. It is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. Therefore, when Christ came into the world, he said, Sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but a body you prepared for me. With burnt offerings and sin offerings you were not pleased. Then I said, Here I am. It is written about me in the scroll. I have come to do your will, my God. Okay. All right. So now we get a better understanding. If you read it nice and slow, it just starts to make sense, right? So it's not the sacrifice and the burnt offerings that was the desire of God. It was the cleansing that was God's desire. And of course, they didn't do it because they had to be repeated as those verses just said. So when Christ came into the world, he said the exact words that were written in Psalm 40. 
These were written as a foreshadowing of the final sacrifice of Christ. So let's keep reading in Hebrews 10 because we're going to get an even greater understanding. I love it when scriptures do this. I'm getting kind of excited. I hope you are too. Verse 8. First, he said, sacrifices and offerings, burnt offerings and sin offerings you did not desire, nor were you pleased with them. And that was a quote, right? So the author of Hebrews is saying, first, he said this quote, and then now here the author picks up and he says, though they were offered in accordance with the law which was exactly what my question was. They were offered in accordance with the law. Then he said, and the author of Hebrews is saying, again, what Jesus said, quote, here I am, I have come to do your will, unquote. The, uh, uh, The author of Hebrews says he sets aside the first to establish the second. Ah, okay, I get it. So the sacrifices were a foreshadowing of something that would be fulfilled in Christ. Verse 10, and by that will, we have been made holy through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. All right, so once and for all, no more daily or an annual sacrifices. Christ's sacrifice was final. So let's keep reading in Hebrews 10, verse 11. Day after day, every priest stands and performs his religious duties. Again and again, he offers the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. But when this priest... This priest, Jesus, had offered for all time one sacrifice for sins. He sat down at the right hand of God. And since that time, he waits for his enemies to be made his footstool. For by one sacrifice, he has made perfect forever those who are being made holy. Isn't that interesting? He's made perfect forever those who are being made holy, (laughs) being made perfect, right? So it's the both and we've talked about before. Verse 15, the Holy Spirit also testifies to us about this. First, he says, this is the covenant I will make with them. After that time, says the Lord, I will put my laws in their hearts and I will write them on their minds. That, by the way, if you followed the cross reference, it's in a quote and it's indented and you might go, this is from somewhere else. Follow the cross-reference back to Jeremiah. We don't have time to do that today, but you could in your own study. Verse 17, then he adds, their sins and lawless acts I will remember no more. That's also from Jeremiah. And where these have been forgiven, sacrifice for sin is no longer necessary. All right, let's head back to Psalm 40. What is our response to this? Uh, we do not have time. I, we're, we're already at, almost at the end of the podcast. We do not have time to sit and ponder this, but I want you to sit and ponder this. The truth of what I just read to you is unbelievable. We're on the edge of our seat with a bullhorn in verse 9 of, 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 of Psalm 40. I proclaim your saving acts in the great assembly. I do not seal my lips, Lord, as you know. I do not hide your righteousness in my heart. I speak of your faithfulness and your saving help. I do not conceal your love and your faithfulness from the great assembly. We don't conceal or hide any of the wondrous things about our God. We proclaim them. We sit on the edge of our seat. We seek them and then we proclaim them because our sins have been forgiven and sacrifice for sin is no longer necessary. This is good news. So what's next? Study Psalm 40 this week. Interact with God's word. Restate these verses in your own words. Add your prayers back to God in what you're writing. Follow the cross-reference to Hebrews 10 and see the wondrous act of our Savior as the final sacrifice for our sin. May our posture be that of wondrous expectation 
And may God meet us there. And then while you're in God's word this week, let me know how you're doing. Email me, michelle at michellekneezat.com. Hop on Twitter at michellekneezat or Instagram at michellekneezat. My fa- public Facebook page is Michelle L. Nizat, and we can talk about what you're learning. Now, before I tell you what song will be featured next week, I want to thank any new subscribers who have subscribed recently, like Janine from California, Samantha from Ohio, Chelsea from Nevada, Holly from Guatemala, Amy from Georgia, Lauren from New Zealand, and Frenchie from Georgia. Welcome. Now, new subscribers to my web- website, they benefit from a one-page resource of my top five bites This is uh, that I use on the podcast. This is a really great place to start, a really great resource. Subscribers will also benefit from an email that I send once a week. As I mentioned before, in that email, you get a weekly memory verse resource to display on your smartphone, tablet, desktop, or you can print it out. You get an email recap of the week's episode, and you get instant access to any of the extra resources that I create from time to time for my episodes. All of that, by the way, is just to say thank you for listening. So head over to michellekneezat.com to subscribe today. And have you had a chance to write a review in iTunes for the podcast yet? Uh, This really encourages me, but it also helps me stay visible to new listeners. And as always, if you take the time to review my podcast, I will take the time to personally thank you right here on the podcast. Of course, you can listen to the podcast directly on my website at michellekneezat.com through iTunes or the Apple Podcast app. You can follow on Spotify or Stitcher Radio or your podcast listening app of choice. Well, that's it for this episode of More Than a Song. Next week, I will be using Smile by Sidewalk Prophets to lead us to scripture. If you liked this episode, however, would you mind sharing it with others? I've made it really easy with just one click. You can share via Facebook, Twitter, or email. Just head over to michellekneezat.com forward slash 314. While you're there, I'd love to hear from you. Click on comment to join the conversation. Until next time, take time to meditate on God's word and consider his ways.